Good evening, everyone. This is Omina. I am your host this evening. And you're listening to a night at the round table coming to you live from radio, from bbsradio.com, station two. I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, energy healer Randy Miller, psychic medium. Oh, I'm the psychic medium. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Chandler and author. Caroline Ryan, Caroline Usherank, if I love your full name, Caroline. And also Fraction Two White Knights, Rama Ajona and Tara Green. Hopefully I, I said it right. Energy Hero Biogenetic Expert, Vianak. I hope he's here with us. Haven't heard from him. So hopefully he's here. If not, then we send lots of love and healing to him. And we also have Penny Christopherson as a guest. And usually we have Mike, and Micah hasn't arrived yet. So this is a very interactive show, and it will be tonight, because I'm the host as well as the guest, so we're going to have a lively discussion and conversation. And anyone that wants to call in, please do. You can talk about anything and everything. If we have answers, we will give them to you. We're not medical advisors. We are educational. And the numbers to call for Station 2 are 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. And I'll repeat those numbers again as we go through the show. So hopefully you'll have your pencil. Write down your questions. And ask anything you want. So I am going to do, I'm going to start off and do a a short meditation on energy. Because the energy is in the earth. Mother Earth is pouring all kinds of energy out. The cosmos are pouring all kinds of energy in. The results can be exhausting especially to sensitive people. We're going to have people in the world that wants to change, wants to raise their vibrations, and we're going to have people that want to stay the same. So the energy does not affect them the same way. It's all free will choice. And the point is, it's all okay wherever you are with that. Personally, it makes me take naps. And I'm sure it does it to a lot of sensitive people. So it's, It's kind of like the meditation, get yourself set up to where you want to be very relaxed. Bring in your guides, your advisors, your archangels, whomever it is that you work with on a higher level, with the intention, we're all here for the higher good. So I would like you to take some deep breaths. Relax. If you're sitting in a chair or lying down on a couch, have the palm of your hands turned upwards so you can receive. Imagine your heart is opened. Imagine your brain is open to receiving, to thinking clearer. Be aware of your whole body. Breathe into your whole body all the way to the toes and all the way back out again. 
I want you to open the top of your head like a camera lens. And this is what you're going to do when you feel that tiredness come on, with a wave of energy coming in. You're going to lie down. You're going to take a deep breath all the way to your toes. Allow it to come all the way back up to your body. Bring in with it all that tiredness and bring it out to the top of your head. Now you're going to talk to your body. You're going to ask your body, where does the energy go in your body? Where does the energy get stuck in your body? For some people, it gets stuck in their muscles. Some people get stuck in their brain. Some people get stuck around the heart chakra. For some people get stuck in their creative center. So you breathe into all those places. You can ask your body, where is that energy? It will tell you. And as you're lying there, this is a practice meditation to neutralize the energy, the higher energies in your body so it doesn't leave you feeling depleted. The reason why we feel depleted when these new energies are coming in, it's because our bodies are not used to it. We do not prepare our bodies for it, for the adjustment of the things that are changing, because most of us are not aware of it. However, our subconscious has all the memories this is not new. We've been here before. We've done this before. may not be on planet Earth, but it would have been on another planet that's deep in your subconscious from another lifetime. So as you breathe, listen to the music. Whatever music soothes your soul. Music is of the soul. So ask your soul to play. Your soothing music that allows you and helps you to neutralize the new energies coming in. Pick your favorite color. Could be yellow, could be blue, could be orange, could be purple, it could be white, it could be cream, it could be one of all of them, a mixture of all of them. Now pick your favorite color. See it coming in through your chakra in your skull. The top of your head opens up like a camera lens. And you take a deep breath, bringing in this beautiful color that you have chosen. It comes all the way down through your brain, your eyes, your ears, your throat, your shoulders, down your arms to the tip of your fingers, down your chest around your heart, down into your solar plexus, there's your whole creative center, down into your thighs, your knees, the calves of your legs, your ankles, all the way to your toes. Take a deep breath and feel that beautiful, calming, colorful energy. Now, the intention is Bring it back up from your toes, 
taken with it all the exhaustive parts that have been stored in your body, all the way to your ankles, up to your knees, up through your thighs, up through your solar plexus, up into your heart chakra, up into your shoulders, all the way through your fingertips, back up into your shoulders, up through your neck, your ears, your face, your eyes, your forehead, the back of your head, and right through that opening at the top of your head that takes out all that exhaustion with it, leaving you refreshed, feeling good. You may be very relaxed, which is very different than being exhausted. This is a meditation you can do as you're walking around doing your everyday thing. It can be a mindful meditation. All you need is the intention and the imagination to bring that wonderful energy in your favorite color through your body and back out again. Or if you need to lie down when you're doing it, do so. Can all be done in five to ten minutes. Take a deep breath, relax, close the lens at the top of your head, and you're done. Amen. Amen. That's it. That is brilliant. Thank you, Omina. You're welcome. Hopefully you remember to do it because it'll work. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep. So now we shall go around the round table and see how everyone is. So I will pass the talking stick to you, Caroline. <laughs> okay. If you don't mind. That's all right. Um, well, what I'm feeling as far as an energy update goes, um, I feel like it's not only the energies themselves, of course, and this will <clears throat> seem logical to everybody, I real, just sort of roll their eyes, but um, it's not just that we're integrating these energies, we're integrating all the changes that they're making in terms of how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we see other people, the people closest to us. Everything is evolving. So the structures of our life are also evolving. We maybe want to handle money differently. Maybe want to shape our work day a little bit differently. Even people who work for somebody else might want to start making some changes. We want to make changes maybe in terms of how much driving we do, how much gasoline we use, and uh, how we're eating. Definitely. I'm reading this astounding book called Cleanse to Heal by Anthony William, and he's known as the medical medium. And I've got, I don't know how many of his books, and I'm finally actually reading one of them <laughs> very seriously. And it's just uh, such an eye-opener and so powerful and so beautiful. And it, that is about, to me, moving up in vibration, not only in terms of eating habits and doing cleanses with fresh organic juices that we, we create ourselves with a juice or a blender, but it also has to do with upgrading our whole physical and mental emotional view of ourselves. Those components of our lives, the mind, body, spirit, but also our view of them. 
And if we love and care about ourselves enough and have compassion for ourselves, we won't go into something like that with self-criticism. We'll go into it with, because I care about myself, I'm going to institute these changes in how I eat and do cleanses, et cetera, and uh, drink more pure water and that sort of thing. So uh, I feel like it's not just a question of, oh, we've got to get used to these energies and try to just tunnel through and manage to get our work done somehow, even when we're really tired or our brain is shifting in terms of how it thinks. Uh, I think it's probably bigger than that. I think that we're instituting a whole new regime in our lives. And then that goes out from us and it shifts the world. Uh, So that's how I'm viewing the energies right now. And I would just say to everybody, don't be shocked if you feel very differently about a person or a process you do every day or just decide to exercise more or or maybe a bit less if you've been obsessive about it or shift what you're exercising in, what your regimen is. Um, a lot of things can change at the minute. And um, rather than struggling, I think we can just accept it and say, I'm bringing into my life only that which is for my higher good and the higher good of anyone else who's involved. And be glad for it. That does mean more rest. Having said that, <laughs> it does mean drinking a lot of water and, and resting more. Because even though these shifts can be very positive, they are a bit trying and they are exhausting at times. So that I would just add that little caveat. <laughs> so thank you so much. I'll pass that talking stick back to you, Omina. Well, thank you, Caroline. That was really, really good. I just want to add a little bit to that because we have probably have a wide audience that can't afford an awful lot of natural juices or with the price of everything, it's very high. The only thing you have to say about that is your intention to detox your body in any way that you can. You can drink different teas. If you have to boil water to purify it and let it cool, do that. And know that whatever you're doing, will work for you because if you're doing it for the highest good, it's definitely going to work for you and take time out for yourself. So with that said, who would like to talk next? Are you with us, Randy? Randy? Yes, I am, Amina. Okay, then I pass the talk and stick to you. Thank you very much. Well, I'd like to inform everybody of how insane the automotive industry is right now. I just watched a video of a car that had to be manufactured in 2012 so that the automobile manufacturer could get a stamp of approval for EPA ratings. That's what people don't understand. Car manufacturers with all sorts of different models They put one model up to the EPA, and this tested for mileage and all sorts of other stuff. But when you're a company that only makes supercars costing $200,000 a year, and you're the only company, you don't have a model like that to make that. So they went to another manufacturer and paid them to put their logos on it, put their interior in it, and it passed them. They got all their approvals. 
Well, the car from that manufacturer was listed at $15,000. By the time the other company got done with it, it was $45,000. Now, this model car is manufactured by five different companies. But in essence, it's all the same car with different badges. So, folks, when you're buying things these days, be very aware and be a very sharp sponsor of looking at what you want. Do your research. Because BMW is now selling a monthly subscription service for heated seats for your car. The monthly fee is $18. The annual fee is $180. This car will come with all the necessary components, but payment is needed to remove a software block. This is what the automobile manufacturers are going to do next. Every car will come with full loaded, every option under the sun. You go down, you order your car. If you want heated seats, you've got to pay $18 a month because they're running out of money, because nobody's buying new cars. People are buying used cars because they're cheaper. Now, I'm going to mute for one second. I'll be right back. They're not as cheap as they were in the U.S., I can tell you. These cars used to be a good deal. Um, the last 10 years or so, they've really gone up. <laughs> You're right. They have. Yeah. Amazingly so. Yeah. And if you're Everything's- in a pricey state like California, you're really going to feel it. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Randy, go ahead. Well, when I lived in Asia, your $100,000 Mercedes you bought in California was $500,000 US dollars in Thailand. Because the Thailand government put $400,000 import tax on the car. Yeah. So these are the things that the governments are doing. I was just talking to some friends of mine that are still living there. And what's happened since the tourism has dropped so much, Thailand legalized marijuana. You can grow a certain amount. So now you have all the same things you do, like in Colorado. You have your marijuana shop, your marijuana cafe. You have all these things. That's what's bringing the different kinds of tourists in. This is happening all over the world. Because people don't want to fly anymore. And the reason they don't want to fly anymore is very simple. There's no more pilots. The airline industries and the government forced all the pilots to get the jab. But when the pilot goes for his every three-month physical, he's not passing the physical anymore because of the jab. So he can't fly. So you have all these airport airline cancellations. It's simply because they haven't got the staff. The staff aren't passing the health checks. If they can't pass the health checks, they can't insure the airplane. So, last night, Mr. Cash announced something quite unique. He said, I don't care what the oil and gas industry thinks of it. 
I'm going to release 100,000 units that will produce gasoline for one cent a liter. One cent a liter. Buy it, give it all away, doesn't matter. I want these things out there because he's aware of what these guys are doing. He isn't going to allow people on this planet to starve because they can't afford to drive to work. They're spending more money on gasoline, which means they can't buy enough food. This all has to end. It's going to have more units available in a few months. Folks, the technologies that are waiting in the wings are beyond most people's aspirations and even what you see in the sci-fi movies. Because in 1972, I was privy to see a very special, compact computer. I can talk about it now because the company's gone. It was about the size of a pack of cigarettes. I eventually think that that thing was made into what we call a cell phone. They were working on that in the 70s. So realize that that brand new spanking color TV you run down to the store to buy because it's brand new and actuality is five years old. R&D takes two to three years. Before Samsung, LG, and the companies will release the TV onto the market, they want to make sure it's torture tested, that it passes all the things so they don't have to have any warranty problems. That's why all your new electronics are really about five years old. And this is why what you're going to see, there's a surplus right now in many different things, and they're dropping the prices like crazy to try to get rid of their stock so they can put the new stuff on the shelves. So like I said to a girl today, we got talking about the generalization of the awareness of the spiritual aspect of what's going on on the planet. We had a short conversation How do we educate the average person? You can't tell them to stop reading the newspaper and don't look at the news because that's what they're used to doing. So we have to come up with a different way. The different way is actually quite simple. Broadcast your love and broadcast your light everywhere you go. You may change one person in that room or wherever you... All that takes is one. And then one changes another one, and one changes another one. Within a short period of time, we can change the planet. I pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Thank you, Randy, and I totally agree. I'm visualized we change one person, they change 10 more. And those 10 change 20 more. And think of it in the numbers like that, because positive energy travels fast. It solicits positive energy back. I witness it every day. Go out and be a little kind. Kindness costs nothing. If you don't have kindness in you, if you're angry, you're upset, you're traumatized, then go out looking for the kindness and you will find it. And that's still an exchange of kindness energy. So, is Vinak with us? I don't think so, is he? Anybody know? But anyway, in the meantime, I will pass the talking stick to 
Penny, if you have something short to say, we most certainly would love to hear from you. Yes, sure, Amina. Um, I have a couple of experiences uh, to pass on, mostly to do with how you see things. One of them happened on uh, Tuesday the 12th. I was sitting here typing. I was actually typing up the Rama's uh, White Knight reports. And all of a sudden, the white uh, document with black letters on it started morphing. And it had psychedelic colors on it. And right in the middle of the psychedelic colors, and, and it looked like they were pages. It wasn't just the whole screen all one color. They were different pages all mixed up together. And on each page, there was a circle. And the circle was like, um, it's like a magnifying glass had been put there. And the image that was behind it was a lot bigger. But the image, the, the page that that magnifying glass was on was still the same. So, and that was dancing. And I just, what's going on here? And I blinked my eyes and I rubbed my eyes and I turned away from my eyes. I turned away from the screen and I came back and it was still there. And then suddenly, as suddenly as it came, it disappeared. Uh, it was fascinating. Uh, a little disconcerting at the point, at the uh, front, po at the front point. I don't know. Maybe I was listening to too many, um, videos or audios last weekend. I don't know. But that was one of the things. And I, I, I have no idea what happened, but it was quite unusual. The last, the second thing had to do with my eyes and it had to do with last night. It was a beautiful evening out last night. Was this, there was no clouds in the sky here in Alberta. It's what you call, we would call an Alberta blue sky. And thanks to a discussion I'd had with my brother in Manitoba, who's manic about this kind of stuff, he told me that if I went outside and looked from the southwest and, and followed it to the northeast, I would see the International Space Station. And I said, the sky's too bright for that. It's, it's, it's not dark enough yet. You know, we'll never see it. He said, Oh, yes. Um, it's going to be very bright. So I went and stood out there, never quite believing him, of course, because after all, he is a brother. Um, brothers have been known to pull stunts, especially mine. But anyway, he was right. And for five minutes, I watched that go across the sky in a beautiful arc at the very same pace all the way across the sky, and it was brighter than any of the stars that I, I could see stars. Not, not very bright, but they were there because this was around 10 after 10 in, in mountain time. And it was, no, it was later. It was after 11. It was 10 after 11 because it was going to be 12 o'clock in Manitoba by the time he saw it. It was a fascinating, fascinating uh, thing to see. That was real. The other one was a psychedelic vision. So anyway, I just, that's two experiences with seeing things, quote and unquote. So that's my, so I just want people to know if those kind of things happen, not the, the seeing the space station, but when your eyes go wonky or you think you've heard something, that's the other thing that's happening. I'm thinking I'm hearing things and there's nothing there. So, um, 
something's going on, <laughs> but I won't tell anybody. <laughs> they might think I'm nuts. Okay, that's all I wanted to say <laughs> for now. Well, thank you, Penny. That was interesting. Definitely, I would think probably all the energies floating all over the place you're tuning into them. I think so. Yeah, I think so. But as like I said, it's a little dis it's a little disconcerting when it shows up as dis you know, disco stuff on your screen. <laughs> Just take a deep breath. You can always one of the things people forget to do when you experience something like that, always ask, What is it? And your team will tell you or your higher self will tell you. Always ask. Yes, I that's a good thing to remember, Nomina, because the first thing you I do is, what's going on? You know, right. instead of, but I don't ask it in the sense of, can somebody tell me? I'm right. just confused. Well, when I use, what I usually say when I'm talking to my team, I say, oh, guy, okay, guys, tell me what's happening. Explain it to me. So you can pick up, you can pick your own, your own easy thing to remember. Hmm. And they will tune in, and you will get. You will well get, as all as all time is now. I'll put the question out and and see what yeah. I get for an answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. How about you, Mikey? You got anything to say tonight? Thank you, Amina. Before we get to your <laughs> and greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and throughout the cosmos. Well, folks. <clears throat> The winds of change are upon us. There is a massive paradigm shift that has been happening behind the scenes for a very long time that is now reaching its fruition. The change has come. The change is here and with us. The technology is here. Up to now, it has been all theology and talk, and now it's technology and walk. The Catch Foundation has delivered these systems. As Mr. Kesh has said in his Knowledge Seekers Workshop public teachings from today, the beauty of it is that you cannot stop this technology. He said, and I quote, because Mr. President, you have cancer, no one can help you. The only way you can help yourself is to go through the system, expand and extend the soul, feel that cancer tumor and do something about it. Because you are the only physician who knows how you created it. This is Mr. Kesh's metaphorical message to the world leaders that are still trying to hold on to their old world power structures that are dissolving in front of their eyes. As Mr. Kesh has told us, it is the end of kings and queens and organized religion. Now, moving over to Western Europe and the looming energy crisis that is happening right now with Russian gas being cut off from a number of Western European countries. As Randy mentioned, Mr. Kesh is releasing this new technology that he created back in 2004, where he was able to develop the creation of gas from the fields of the universe. Um, so today... As Mr. Kesh said, I released the knowledge, that knowledge to humanity. So uh, <clears throat> he's been in direct communication with the government of Germany. There's a lot of countries in Europe right now that are preparing for this energy crisis because they're being shut off of, of gas from Russia. 
So this is Mr. Kesh's response, and um, it's uh, it's very interesting. So we are in a new era, folks, a shift of the ages, unlike anything ever seen in recorded history. We have become passengers of the universe through our souls and the universal flight systems. Always remember, no matter how big the problem may appear to be, there is always a solution. And I, with that, I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Very much. So, Ram and Tari, you ready to give us your report? Rama and Tara. Are you home? Omina. There you go. Okay. So, and everyone else. You have practically a good 25, 30 minutes to talk. So, Oh, thank you. And our brother Vinayak is here. He's just going to keep say, protect his voice. He needs to be quiet, but he's present and accounted for. Wonderful. That's wonderful news. And we're, so glad. we're so glad for his energy. Absolutely. So, okay. So who have you been talking to, Rama? Uh... Uh, all kinds of folks <laughs> in various realms, and I'm just uh, astounded at what Commander Randy said about those cars. It's, I mean, this reality, I, I'm not sure how to describe it, except it's it, it, it is something out of a sci-fi movie, and it's um, all the loose ends are being tied up, is what I can say with the various dimensions coming into focus. And Sweet Angelique the Cat and Tom today said there were two X-class solar flares. So that's exacerbating the higher energies to lift us higher and create more confusion for the dark side as they are having to deal with their last moments in this realm. And as you're seeing... Everything is unraveling right now that has to do with 13,000 years of mind control and slavery because it is about the fallen angels, Anunnaki, Nephilim, that are always on the edge of the story. And this past week, there was a fire at the Vatican Again, again, there's more than one. There's a bunch of fires that keep popping up around there. It must be really dry. And I don't know if this is related or not, but uh, Mario Draghi, as the prime minister of Italy, resigned or quit today. Oh, well, that has to do with Mike and I were talking and Randy, when when I was working with Penny, you were out there and. Micah, maybe you can pipe in, but I think you said that Kesh is in. I know, I you did say that, and I heard it too from other places that 
Cash's technology is in is in Italy, but it's not because Mario Draghi Draghi uh, made the agreement because the they're not just in Italy; they're in a particular place in Italy. That means they're in Rome, and Rome is a separate part from Italy. They're not part of Italy. They are a country unto themselves, and the Vatican, the the Pope, is head of that jurisdiction. So I'm, and Micah said, "Well, he knows the Pope. He knows all these people." Cash. So I'm assuming that Cash got an agreement with the Pope so that technology could come to Rome. And uh, I'm I'm not going to say for sure either. I don't know if I can't verify that, but I do know that they are opening up uh, probably the most advanced wellness uh, health center the world has ever seen in Rome, Italy. And they have some of the top doctors out of Italy that will be taking care of the medical aspects of it. Uh, but Kush Foundation makes it very clear that they are not medical doctors or anything. They're just supplying the technology. But yeah, out of Rome, Italy, uh, and then also um, South America and Central America are coming very soon with wellness centers. Um, I think also Uruguay, uh, by the 15th of December, they're going to have multiple wellness centers right along the, the coastline, right by the ocean. Should be a really beautiful spot. I passed the talking stick. Well, Michael, before you go, um, so that means all these countries in South America have agreed to uh, sign a peace agreement with cash, right? Yes, absolutely. You have to sign the treaty before you get access to the technology, which is why the uh, Arizona Center is not opened up yet. And same with Canada here. We're we're behind Arizona. So it's really uh, we got to get the governments and the world leaders to elevate their souls and um, come to an agreement to become more peaceful before could I, ask, we can could I ask a question please could you explain what are the wellness centers going to offer oh well it's it's plasma science and space technology um so uh from my understanding in rome they have a list of different conditions uh including fibromyalgia and i can't remember all of them specifically but there are more that they're adding to it as we go. And uh, basically they guarantee uh, 100% permanent recovery uh, from whatever condition that, that is you coming for. And that's uh, so like a number of different, maybe Randy, you could pitch in on that one. I don't know the specific conditions that they're offering right away. I know they're, they're going to eventually offer it for uh, multiple, multiple conditions. Uh, but I passed the talking stick. Thank you. Okay. Tara, Tara, I wanted to mention, my yeah. understanding is that it's just the Vatican is total city all to itself, not the whole Rome, not the whole of Rome. Say that again, the, the, the Vatican only? Yes, the Vatican only. It's all to, it's a government all to itself. It does not include yes. Rome. Rome it's is a- part of Italy. It's actually its own government, but it's just the Vatican that has its own government. 
yes. and has its own so rules. I would be totally stoked if Mario Draghi signed an agreement. And I was going to ask that too, Micah. You said you called it a treaty. Is it a particular, is it a treaty or is it an agreement? And I thought a treaty was a governmental term. I'm not sure. It's called, it's called the World Peace Treaty. And um, it's, you have to sign it with the pen and with your soul. And so if, if wow. in Rome and Rome is part of Italy, that means Mario Draghi until today was the prime minister. So that means he would have had to put his John Henry on that treaty. Well, again, I, that's, I don't know. I can't say uh, whether that happened or not. Um, yeah. Well, I know it happened because I know that Cash keeps his word and that he wouldn't be putting a wellness health wellness center in Rome. If that hadn't happened, right? Well, this sounds. It like will be interesting to see it all unfold. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. What did you say, Omina? I think they're totally two different things that's going on. I mean, you might be talking about the new coming in and the old going out. I mean, it, it's the whole Cash Foundation is brand new to an awful lot of people, and you most certainly not have governments signing signing everything up with Cash because. If you're, oh, in, yes. a demo- oh, if you're yes. in a democracy, no, no, you no, have no, to have no. a vote on all of that. So they're talking. No, 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 no. It's not inside the government. It's it's cash has technology, and if the country wants his technology in their country, uh, cash is requiring the head of the government to sign a peace treaty with him. Right. So that makes it a little bit clearer, especially yes. for our listeners. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Just to clarify, uh, Cash Foundation does not have any affiliation with any governments. They are right. their own entity. So we really want to be clear and careful how we present it because we have a listening audience. Yes. Right. Because we're so all it's, quite, it's quite simple how the wellness centers work. They have a list of symptoms that they will guarantee that you have total recovery. If you do not, you'll be refunded all your funds. Now, the thing is, the doctors, it's doctors that are running the technology. They have to be trained by the Cash Foundation to operate the technology. So they're fully versed in how the technology operates so they can put the patients through the technology at the pace the person can handle. There's too many sci-fi movies out there and too much disinformation about things called med beds, which don't exist, about you're going to climb in in 10 minutes, your legs are going to go back and you're going to be fine. That all started from a sci-fi movie called Prometheus. And there are fandom pages that have taken stills of those med beds. People have taken those images and they're claiming they're coming here, they're coming there, they're coming there. Just give us a little money, we can build a center and all this crap. It's all disinformation. And as we know, when the shift of consciousness happens and some people take the stage and they take over the internet and all sorts of different things, things are going to change very rapidly. Not that just a few days ago here in Canada, 
Rogers, one of the biggest telecommunications companies in Canada, went down for two or three days. No, no ATMs, no bank transfers, no email transfers all the way across Canada. No ATMs were working. No calls to a certain part of 911. Isn't it funny that the exact same scenario happened in Australia at the exact same time? So my question is, was there galactic brothers and sisters up there playing around just to see how easy it was to break into the Earth systems? Maybe Rama can ask people and find that out. I pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Thank you, because I would like to just make a comment about all of that. I think it's all fascinating, first of all. But also, just a reminder, it's free will choice. If you want to do it, if you don't want to do it, it's okay if you want to do it and join the Cash Foundation and experience their wellness center. And it's okay if you don't want to do it. I think it's really important that we stress free will choice because otherwise it goes into a realm that would almost create fear with people that they have to do it. So I just needed to say that. I passed the topic back to Ramantar. Wow. I mean, there's so much happening, Omina and Micah Everyone. and Randy and Penny and, and, uh, who did I skip? <laughs> Caroline, right? Um, what I could say in co- context to everything that has been said, uh, Yes, Commander Randy, I think Metatron and uh, the Time Lords are tweaking the system to get folks ready for Captain Astar's little announcement. And um, what I'm hearing is just this constant... uh, cadre of criminals that are being portrayed on all the mainstream media and alternative media that are talking about January 6th and uh, coup d'etat did happen and we as a country need to heal and bring closure to this and I have read and seen so many messages that um, the former administration needs to be held accountable and still and yet our present administration there's a war criminal sitting as the commander in chief he was involved in 9-11 and that's not being discussed and cussed about. And still and yet, um, he hasn't signed the peace treaty with Mr. Cash, Joe Biden. And that's a big deal. And every day on BBC News, I hear stories that Iran is enriching uranium. And the Western world is kind of freaking out and you know, Joe Biden and Mr. What's-His-Name from Israel in the past 24 hours kind of 
said that, you know, we're going to stop Iran from building a nuclear weapon. They've had nukes for so many years already. Well, they'd only had 12, and they're the oldest, really old ones. And we don't but need to go nukes. there, because uh, I'll just say Captain Astor is right here, waiting in the wings. He knows the right moment when to show up with this whole story. And it's very challenging to be here at this time, like the King of Swords in the last few days said, this is the most dangerous time ever on the planet with such emotionally charged issues that are going on that people's safety is kind of kind of hanging in the balance. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, these people, I mean, Liz Cheney is doing something that's very not within the keeping of her father, Dick Cheney. Yeah, it's like totally... And she's a Republican and she's in Wyoming. And I mean, uh, she's not very popular for what she's doing. No, she said, yeah, um, she's totally for banning abortion, which is totally crazy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it is a sci-fi movie what we're watching where the Legion of Doom is basically trying to save themselves and gain a little credibility, the Republicans yet. I have to say the entire party system has to go because they don't represent the people. They represent the lobbyists and the wolves on Wall Street. They go all the way up to the fallen angels who manipulate this story with the energies. Yeah, that means both parties, not just one. The whole thing has to go. Yeah, the Democrats have their share of Corruption that goes to the sky as well. It's oh my God! Yes. Too many words, too many stories, and um, how does even one senator have a hundred million dollars, or congresswoman? I right now I'm referring this... to Nancy Pelosi. She's got over a hundred million dollars in her position. Yeah, and I'm uh, not practical matter i gotta put my heart on my sleeve and say we need help to pay a bill another bill and or to two. get or <laughs> two we get some basic necessities for us and the cats and yeah oh my god <laughs> and i will start with this story on saturday rosa from palestine I received a text message from Rosa of Palestine. This was the 9th at 11.35 a.m. this morning. She said to me, Lord Rama, the ships are here. Call them in. There are all kinds of folks seeing them, not just me. The Israeli military played cat and mouse with these craft. I have heard stories from pilots that as the Israeli pilots are ready to fire upon the craft, the craft vanish from their radar and disappear from the vicinity. This goes on daily. Yet no public news agency on earth 
ever really talks about this in a serious manner. They kind of hint at it. And on the lamestream media, they make jokes about it, which is not good. Um, the case concerning Shireen Abu Akla, the Palestinian journalist who was international, who was intentionally killed by the Israeli military, her case is going to the International Criminal Court and the International International Court of Justice in The Hague to be tried as a international war crime. Put all this in the circle of support. Blaze the violent fire. Satnam Namaste. And then on Monday, the 11th, I received a call from the King of Swords today at 12.15 p.m. early this afternoon. He said to me, Lord Rama, it is all coming down now. This is the most dangerous time ever. The fallen angels, the Nephilim, have been exposed. Everything that is going on in the January 6th hearing has to do with how the Nephilim rule. It is by brute force. Even unto this day, they are still planning a coup. Yet this Kaliuga cycle has completed itself. Lord Michael and his legions are here. Call them in. He has said this so many times through the messages. As you call them in, you will feel them right alongside you. Lay low and blaze the violet fire. See you in the light of the most radiant one. This is Tuesday, Dalai Lama. Of course, we are driven by self-interest. It is necessary to survive. Yet we need wise self-interest that is generous and cooperative. Taking others' interests into account, cooperation comes from friendship. Friendship comes from trust. And trust comes from kind-heartedness. This is Tuesday. I received a text message from Tom, Lorinto, Cat, and Larry, the cat, at 12.15, early this afternoon. They said to me, Lord Rama, with this full moon tomorrow at 12.38 p.m. Eastern Time, the feather of Ma'at is landing in our midst. The Schumann resonance is so high it's indescribable. The 13 families are crumbling before our eyes. This is a time that His Holiness has said is not the time to pick up the sword or be angry at the events happening on our planet. Our biggest task is to have love and compassion for these souls who have lost their way. It is, as your friend Eliza Gilkerson sings, they are lost in the garden. These ones have tremendous abilities. They have six to 11 strands of DNA. This is why they have created this false matrix that they're playing with, that the world is quickly awakening out of. Yet they have forsaken their true selves. 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then Tom and Larry continued, focus on St. Francis of Assisi's prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is such hatred, let me so love. This is the biggest deal, the number one issue, as I see it, coming from a, a integrated family. My older brother and my older sister were both black. I know what it's like to have an interracial family. And this is the one because issue. Because your mother married a black man. That's right. This is the one issue. She married the, your father. Yes. This is the one issue that needs to end right now, racism. Because <laughs> as we want to meet, you know, folks from Alpha Centauri or Orion, there are good folks in Orion. There are good folks from Aldebaran. There are so many places throughout our local galaxy. And this is just one galaxy of trillions. They don't have this issue called... Uh, yeah, and they're, <laughs> and they're a very different color. And Krishna is blue. blue skin. That's right. Lord Shiva, yesterday was Guru Purnam the day. Lord Shiva was the first guru. And he was blue. And this is about how we get over these issues as we are to sit amongst Captain Ashtar, Commander Vrilon, Lord Katumi, Saint Germain, Sonic Kamara, Lady Master Nada. I can go on with the names. <laughs> Saint, wasn't it Saint Ger- Oh no, it was Ashtar. Ashtar came and sat with Obama and Michelle. Yeah, in the in the uh, White House, in the Oval Office, and Michelle was there, and and Malia was there, and Sasha was there. Yes, and and others. The uh, Mister uh, Tom the Ringtail Cat was in the room too. Yes, and he's a galactic. And his body as a galactic being, he's a panther, everybody. But anyway, okay. go on, Rob. Stay in the high heart. These <laughs> energies are very intense. You will get pushed towards love. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Satnam, namaste, blaze the violet fire. And this is Wednesday. I received a call from Professor Nicodemus today. Nicodemus today. At 11.35 a.m. late this morning, he said to me, Lord Rama, the energies that are coming in are so high that it is impossible to describe. It is so because we are traveling through a section of the Milky Way galaxy that Earth, Mother Gaia, and our solar system have never been through before. Professor Nicodemus went on to say, there are cosmic rays coming in from primordial source. It is changing our DNA. For some, as these rays come in, they feel light as a feather. For others, they feel as though a bomb went off in their lives. These energies are a gift from Lord Metatron. At this particular time, the dark ones are out of control. Let us send more love and compassion to these ones as they go through their dark night of the soul. 
I can tell you, Lord Rama, full disclosure and accountability are right in this moment. Let us use the higher energies from this full moon to raise ourselves up in Mother Gaia. See you in the light of the most radiant one, Satnam Namaste, place the violet fire. And this is um, Thursday. I... <laughs> Oh, meanwhile, our son has set out to, uh, okay. <laughs> um, start Thursday on the page before, right? Maybe that's still Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Meanwhile, our son Saul has sent out two X-Path solar flares today. This is raising the energies even higher. The 13 families have been told to get their affairs in order and tie up any loose ends. Goddess is here. The time is now. Stay in your high heart. Satnam Namaste plays the violet fire. I passed the talkies. Well, wait a minute. Then there's Thursday. Uh, oh, okay. Maybe it's... Um, no, no. Right here. It says Wednesday, but it's supposed to be Thursday. No, no. Right here. I received a text message from Tom Doing Tell Cat and Sweet Angelique the Cat at 12.15 this afternoon. They said to me, Lord Rama, we are in an undisclosed location. Have you heard the news that former head of the CIA, Mike Pompeo, has been ordered to appear in a district court for planning to a assassinate district court. for planning to assassinate Julian Assange? Also, Mr. Pompeo, as head of the CIA, ordered numerous drone strikes on Yemen, Syria, Palestine, and Iraq, where many people were killed. Thus, Mr. Pompeo is guilty of war crimes and crimes against humanity. Yeah, so you read the rest of Thursday. I read the rest of Thursday. I just wanted to say Penny sent us a chart. And I also wanted to say that, um, Penny, maybe you can say it better. There's a pecking order of how... Let me see if I got it right, or maybe you got it better than I do. Uh, just come on the air and say so. But um, I had this question. I said, well, can uh, Mr. Pompeo, anytime he feels like it, order a drone strike? And Rama said, oh, I don't know. What's the pecking order? And then uh, um, so Penny looked it up. And uh, uh, let's see, the director of the CIA reports to the director of the national uh, uh, of the, the, the director of the national intelligence, which is the DNI. And the director of national intelligence is assisted by a deputy director. Uh, Oh, I guess that is the CIA. Okay, wait a minute. 
for the director of the CIA. No, DNI. That's a that's a different organization. That's above the CIA, right? Okay. So that's who's above him. So the director. Okay. So now I'm just thinking out loud because Saint Germain is in charge of the whole thing, and so. Um, what we know about that is that St. Germain's going to order the King of Swords. In other words, the King of Swords is bypassing the president because the president's a criminal. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, I'm thinking of Trump when Trump was in office, but uh, Joe Biden's a criminal too. But, uh, and I'll tell you why, because, uh, and this is a violation of church and state, too, because <clears throat> Cardinal Egan is the representative of the Pope in Rome, in the Vatican. Oh, mean, it made me think of that. In the Vatican. And so Cardinal Egan lives in New York. So the Pope in Rome ordered Cardinal Egan, his representative in New York, in the United States, uh, to order Joe Biden, who was at the time of 9-11, that 9-11 time, was the chairman of the Committee on Foreign Relations. So Cardinal Egan called up Joe Biden, ordered Joe Biden to order the head of the CIA named George Tenet at the time to order 9-11. That's how 9-11 came into being. That was the pecking order. Now, to say that Joe Biden is a criminal means that everybody and their dog around that whole situation are criminals. What is Cardinal Egan ordering Anybody, uh, when we have separation of church and state, I'm just saying. Because we don't have separation of church and state. (laughs) Claims that we're we're their one of their sub corporations or one of their little colonies. That's what. But we want to be careful though uh, not to go into Omina's hour too much. Right. I was just going to say. Could we wrap it up and we can get on with the show then? Okay. Um, I just wanted to say really quickly that um, Patty sent um, a chart of the reigns of the latest directors of the CIA. And uh, a lady uh, named Merrill Park was the acting director from January 20th, 2017, when uh, Donald Trump was inaugurated. Uh, through January 23rd, just for a few days there, three days, 2017. Then Mike Pompeo took over on January 23rd and went, uh, 2017, and went through April 26, 2018. And then Gina Haspel became uh, the director of CIA, appointed by Donald Trump, April 26, 2018 to May 21st, 2018. And then uh, 
And then, um, huh. For, I guess they did that for a reason. I'm not sure. And then it goes on and says, and then she was also from May 21st to January, 2018 to January 20th, 2021. And then David Cohen was appointed by Joe Biden uh, to be the acting secretary. I mean, uh, acting director of CIA from January 20th to March 19th, 2021. And now William Burns is since March 19, 2021 to the present, the acting CIA director. I cast the talking stick back to you, Omina. Thank you very much, Ram and Tara. So again, I'm going to welcome everybody. This is our hour for discussion, and we're open to all subjects being discussed. And we would definitely appreciate if you have any questions to call in. And the number is 888 888- Four two nine five four seven one or three two three seven four 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 eight four one. I'm going to repeat them again. So hopefully you have your pencils ready. Eight 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 four two nine five four seven one or three two three seven four 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 eight four one. And thank you for listening. This is the night at the round table. We have lots of people here with lots of energy and lots of information. So one of us definitely can answer your questions or have an open discussion with you because we are in a changing world. Lots of people have lots of fears around us. And I was going to talk. Go ahead. Did somebody want to say something? Yeah, it, it, it's me, uh, Omina Penny. Okay. Uh, the, the, I had a question because um, this came up when I was uh, doing the typing this afternoon. Yeah. When and, and we thought we needed maybe some words from St. Germain to explain something. Because I've always, I've been very concerned about sending out information about COVID and COVID healing and so on, because the more things, as time goes on, more and more is being learned about the deviltry behind it all. And it's always a question in my mind of whether I should send it out or not, because I don't want to terrify people any more than they're already traumatized. But there was a sentence that Professor Nicodemus said that uh, it just lit up my mind when when I typed it. Professor, and this is uh, from uh, Wednesday the 13th, Uh, Professor Nicodemus told Rama, there are cosmic rays coming in from primordial source. It's changing our DNA. And immediately the question came up, does that changing of our DNA mean that the harm inflicted by the COVID jabs would be cured? And that is not a question any of us can answer. At this level, but maybe Saint J, maybe Saint G, or somebody would speak to it through you, at, well, if not now, sometime in the program. Well, I most certainly can ask him. I have him. I have him here. He was listening to you, and he's saying that you have to use your own judgment. However, he's advising that you be more 
objective rather than subjective. He said there's a lot of subjective judgment going around that's doing more harm than good and also to acknowledge and respect people's free choice about whether they want the vaccine, whether they want the vaccine shot or not. He's explaining that in the right mind, for the person that wants it, it's not going to hurt them because okay. their belief system, their belief system gets their bodies ready, excuse me, gets their bodies ready for to receive the injection. For people that don't want it and they're very, very adamant about that, then their belief system will, in some senses, protect them. If it doesn't protect them, this is really interesting when he's telling me, if it doesn't protect them, it's because that individual has some doubt in their mind about whether they should have it or not. People have to be very, very clear in their belief system and what they want because it changes the chemistry in their body. But the big, the big message is not just, not just for you wondering what to do with it, for any of us to become more objective. The objectivity acknowledges and respects people's free will choice. When we're subjective, we're trying to put our belief system on other people, to present it in a way of an educational, not as our own opinion, because that's subjective. And he want, he's asking me, do you have any other questions for him? Um, I need to, no, not really. I, I was, I was uh, asking the question more from the point of view of realizing how many of us who are talking together on the call um, are concerned of, for those who have taken the um, taken the jab, and for all of the medical reports that are coming out about the disastrous effects of those jabs, and th- that reporting on the effects is very objective. And so, sending out information about those numbers and all of the details and so on and so forth, it bothers me because. I have a lot of friends who have taken the jab, and I don't want them to, to put it bluntly, be hearing that they've signed a death sentence of then some I, sort. Then what would be suggested to you would be, if it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. Yeah, I, yes, I, I, I see, because what he's telling us is thoughts, thoughts create things. You know, either our protection or our lack of it. Okay. Um, and, Bionac and is asking you not to yell into the microphone. I, I, can, I can see that. And okay. I know you turned okay. down the volume and I'm trying not to yell. I know. <laughs> Sorry I, know. I know. Uh, and I'm sure that's definitely appreciated. But use your own judgment and listen to your body, listen to your voice telling you. If you have really con- my, my I'll use my own self for the judgment. If I, I'll use my own self and I try to decide to do something. If I have any doubt, if I'm angry, if I have a different opinion, if I don't know what to do, I do nothing. I ask for clarity and I wait. And then if it comes to me, then I act on that. 
who would be either. And, I, and I, I appreciate that point of view, Omina, because yeah. I do that myself. Good. Um, but in the, in the position that we are when we're talking about all of these things here on the on the program and and other people are talking to us about, oh, my God, you know, I don't want to tell that to my family or something like that. Um, I, I'm trying I'm trying to put this in the larger framework, not just for me, myself and what I do. So sometimes I don't think I don't send stuff out if I think it's too um uh, alarming. Well, but, absolutely, because it creates a lot of fear for a lot of people. It creates a lot of fear for people who have had, who have had the the shot. I myself have been vaccinated, but I knew it's not. I'm going to have the vaccination, and I'm not going to have side effects from it. That was my personal choice. I respect anybody else's choice. Whatever they want to do is their body. Yes, and, so, and I I appreciate the principles that you're telling me. Yes, uh, but I'm 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 also thinking about the people who didn't have a full amount who who didn't have the full amount of the story, and that don't have um, the vision and and the perspective that you have and some of the other of us do have. Right, so, and I would I would say to them, trust trust your own gut. Educate yourself around things. Listen to all different types of perspective on it. Then make your own decision. It's very, very scary all around. The virus has killed an awful lot of people. It's killed a lot more people than the shots have that we know about. There's definitely have been side effects to the shots for a lot of people. I don't know. You know, I'm just into where... It doesn't scare people to death because that's fear does a lot of damage to people. It certainly does. Yes. And that and that's what that's what's the concern because even I can stop sending anything out on the topic. I can. Um, well, and yet people are still hearing it in other in other places. Well you can always put a little caveat on the bottom that this is not your opinion, this is what you're reporting. Well, you know, what I send out is obviously not my... Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yes. yeah. But but I, explaining that, that I think adds a lot of credibility then to you because you're saying that you're just reporting it. This is, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily your opinion. It's your reporting, the report you got. I can handle it that way, yes. yes. I can do that. Because I think people uh, are, I think people are more apt to read it then. Mm. Because it doesn't, but, then it doesn't look like you're preaching. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, you know what I mean? I I agree with that one hundred percent, Amina. Um, yeah. And I note uh, what the sort of dilemma <coughs> that uh, our friend Penny is talking about. Because you, if you love and care about people, you don't want them to suffer any of the ill effects that some people have suffered from the jab uh, and the boosters. And I also relate it to when people write to me and they have read something I've been, I've channeled recently and they say, oh no, it's not like that at all. And they start talking about the global currency reset, quote unquote, and they're, then they're on about the uh, quantum financial system and the dinars and dongs and how I don't know what I'm talking about. And they've, they've studied it. And, or some of them will say that they, 
a number of them said, oh, I used to follow Ramantara, but I don't anymore. And I'm thinking, you know, it's so difficult <laughs> when you feel something strongly um, not to... Um, not to push. You're right. You don't want to sound like you're preaching. And and I have learned, even though it goes against the grain for me, I have learned that to say, you know, you have to follow your own path. This is how I feel about this issue or that. And um, I don't, I can't speak for you. You have to decide what's right for you. And I can just relay them to some information, but I don't spend a lot of time trying to reroute their thinking. And no. I feel in a sense, you know, Penny, you know what it is to love someone and have to release them. To yes. Path, you know, and that I think that's probably one of the biggest things we can do as light bearers or light warriors, or whatever on this earth is to honor another person's path, even when that's difficult, uh, particularly if they're young, or if they've just gotten into some of these issues we're discussing and they think they know what they're talking about. And you and I have studied this for 10 or 12 years. And we sort of look, I've looked at this from all angles. And then they'll say, oh, I've studied it for 20 years and there's no getting around it. So um, Vinayak is writing, people are always going to defend their sacred cows. And that's the truth. 100%. That is the truth. Yeah. Absolutely. And they have every right to. It's like... Yeah. You know what I find that people are the greatest teachers to neutralize our egos. Yes. Okay. (laughs) When we right when we have strong opinions, and we have to step back a little bit and observe. That neutralizes the ego. We just observe, take in the information, and see where we want to go from there. It also gives respect to the person that might feel very strongly about their opinion. But you got to remember, it might be just their opinion. So I'm going to respect your opinion. It's, let me, let me quote something about, can I quote something because it's very funny. I yeah. thought it was very funny. And it's about, you all know who, um, oh, what's her name? She was in Downton Abbey. Um, the actress. Oh, Maggie Smith, maybe? Maggie Smith. All right, Dame Maggie. This is what she said. You could apply it to it. And he says, my dear, religion is like a penis. It's a perfectly fine thing to have for one to have and take pride in. But when you take it out and wave it in front of my face, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just thought she said it perfectly. I mean, that could apply to anything. And I think if we keep that in mind, even if we're reading it from somebody else's report and it fits into our opinion, we have to be aware that energy is in it. That's why, again, we have to to practice subjectivity and objectivity. Because when you're being objective, all personal feelings is out of it. And that's the best way anybody will hear you when it's not your personal feelings. Because when the personal feelings come into it, the first thing we do is we get our gander up and we get defensive. If we present it objectively, we're presenting what we have, but there's that energy in there. I'm not trying to persuade you to believe me. That's entirely (laughs) up to I am acknowledging your free will. I'm just presenting the information. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. And I think if we're all aware of that, it makes every, it takes the fear out of it. And it sort of just puts that, it, the information that comes from the higher good rather, rather than our personal opinion on it. Our energy is amazing how it affects people. And people pick up on each other's energy. It doesn't matter if it's in the written word, if it's in the spoken word, if we can't even see each other, if it's up on the screen. Watch yourself when you're watching any of those things and you're going to find yourself either reacting or responding to it. If you're reacting, mm-hmm. it's personal. If you're responding to it, it's objective. On that note, I would love it. Well, I, I just wanted to say then, you know, as a summary to the fact that the energies are, the cosmic rays are changing our DNA and knowing that that change will only uplift us. Yes. Then whatever. Um, oh, our, our DNA is definitely changing because it has to. Yeah, but that that change is going to remove probably or override some of the other things that that uh, just hurt my heart. Exactly, because the DNA is going to change regardless of what we put in our body. Right, because it's come from a totally different source. So that's a process that is going to work through, and that's a process that's going to be created. Our DNA has to change and to accommodate the new energies that are coming in, to accommodate the the uh, paradigm shift that's going on. I don't know if any of you have seen any of the new babies that are born. Some of them are walking at three months old. Some of them are talking at six months old. That's, that's I, weird to me. Yeah. I, yes. The ones with the black eyes, they have all black eyes, No, no white in their eyes. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, boy. But I have seen where, um, I know, a four-year-old doing doing a complicated fractions or whatever you call math. I'm not, great, I'm not crazy about math. All I know is you can only be right or wrong in math. But she's sitting there at the blackboard doing it. Four years old. So, and, and my grandson reminds me, he doesn't remind me, he shows me because he's very humble, he doesn't talk about it. He went into college as a junior. Wow. These generation kids are coming in brighter because we need them. They're carrying the new DNA. We need them. Their brains are bigger. If you're walking at four months old, you've got a much bigger brain than before. It's already developed that already knows how to control all the motor skills. So I'm looking forward to all of that because I think that's that's going to be fascinating to watch and see where it's going to go. I'm always putting it out there that they're all coming in for the higher good. So the DNA is already changing. It's already shown us. Maybe that would offer hope to people. But if anybody out there has a different opinion or wants to add to ours or whatever you want to do, Call in at 888-429-5471-323-744-4841. We would love to hear from you, and we'll continue on with the discussion. Thank you, Penny. Anybody else like to add? Thanks. I was just going to ask, um, are you taking sort of psychic-oriented questions tonight, Omina? Absolutely. I'll take anything, and if I can answer, I'll answer. 
If I can't, I can't. Somebody else in the panel may be able to answer. Absolutely. Well, something I thought of is that to to demonstrate to our audience, this will sound just like I'm just being selfish myself, but <laughs> to demonstrate to our audience what you're able to do, I was going to say to you, I have I have two brothers, Tim and Tom, and do you see any past lives I had with them? Well, you definitely had them with Tom. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Tim. I don't. Tim had past lives with your mother, uh, and that's why he came back this time to be with her. But you well, had three past lives with Tom. They weren't always the best. To this was probably the best one you're having with him. Yeah. So whatever you're working out, you're working out. I mean, is there anything specific you want to, you want to know? Oh, just um, was there something really lacking, you know, in my relationship to my brother Tom at other times that we thought we'd come in this time and fix it? I mean, were we family then or friends or I don't know how much you could see of it. Well, I'm looking, so give me a minute. So okay. You were family at one time. You were husband and wife another time. Huh. Yep. Wow. And you never really liked them. (laughs) Hilarious because he's one of the people I'm most close to in the world. (laughs) Well, that's good. That means it. But that means you've healed the pattern. Yeah. Okay. So that's really good. Okay. Okay. Because you came into this lifetime to heal. Or you either heal it, be tolerant of it, or totally let it go. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's really, really good. Uh, he's different than you. Yeah. Well, I think he's a much wiser person than I am in this life. Very wise indeed. Well, I don't know that. Don't underestimate yourself. <laughs> you know? He's yeah. an older soul than you. Yeah. Yeah. So that might that might that might be why you see him as a wiser as a wiser soul. You know, he's been and he's been on the life, he's been on the earth longer than you have. Wow. So but um and that's good, that's all good. You also have a niece, I think, that you've had many lifetimes with. Oh boy. Yeah. My niece Andrea? Well, I don't know, name all the name all your nieces. Andrea is the one niece I have, and then I have a grandniece, a baby called Kinsley, and I have another grandniece called um, Magdalene, Maggie. Kinsley. Kinsley. Kinsley? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I know. All right. She has to get older to appreciate you. <laughs> okay. But she, but she will. She will. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know they are wonderful. Um, they're one of my my grandchildren are all grown up, and it's like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? It's going to be a while before I have any great grandchildren, but that's okay. I'm busy, but I just love babies, and you all know I love babies. Yeah, I talk to them all the time when I go out, and people let me talk to their babies because they're beautiful. Yeah, they're all beautiful. Yeah. And and. Um, I, is there any particular subject that anybody wants me to talk about? I love when I'm challenged. <laughs> Seriously. Well, there's lots of them. I mean, um, 
I have a question, Omina, okay. and it, it, it uh, does okay. Does Akashic Records fall within your um, uh, category of exploration? Shall I say? Absolutely. Okay, I I just wondered. You know, um, I I don't have any specific questions, but I'm working on it. But I did want to bring up nieces. Uh, or this is so the grand niece in this case. Yeah. Uh, this grand niece is um, she lives in British Columbia with her parents, and uh, there was a talk last fall of what the or no, it was early spring, what the kids were going to do uh, with after school activities. And one of the um, kids asked her, was she going to play soccer? And her response at that time, at six or seven, was, these toes are made for dancing, she said. Yeah. And every time I hear it, I split myself laughing, and I've warned my niece that they can see where this is going to go. And um, so this weekend, uh, the, they were gifted with some stuff that I sent back to Manitoba. My grandniece, the same grandniece, found a pearl uh, necklace of uh, uh, it's not a necklace it acts like a um, collar they're made of, of fake pearls and it's kind of like a collar and you put it on over sweaters and so on and it's it's kind of an old-fashioned thing I have no idea where I got it from but she's put it on and my niece says she won't take it off she associates it with her great-grandmother I'm uh -huh. not sure that that's a fair association but I, I'm just wondering whether there's a connection between that and between her and I as well, because I, I just love the spirit in that little kid. You know, I really do. All right. Stop. You need to stop talking and tell me her name. Oh, Karis. Karis? Okay. Yeah. C-H-E-E-R-Y-S. Karis. Okay. So... And you want me to look and see what the connection is between all of you? If, yeah, if there is one. And and uh, what she seems to be looking towards, to, uh, she seems to have her mind made up already what she's going to do. Well, she was already a dancer in, in the life before this one. Oh, good. So she came in with the memory. She may change that when she gets to be a teenager, but she loved the movement it does for her soul and her body. She's very much connected to her, your grandmother or her grandmother? Well, it would be my my grandmother. Yeah. She's had, <clears throat> she's had three lifetimes with her. Mm -hmm. What was your grandmother's name? Uh, Margaret. Yeah. Oh, definitely. She thought the one lifetime she was her daughter in it. And she's very, very connected to her. She came back into the family. Because she loves the memories. I oh, don't, for I'm sake. asking what the pearl, what the pearls, oh, the pearls to her, they represent wisdom. Oh. That's what it represents to her. So that's why she wants to wear them because she's a very bright old soul and, she, but she's very much into memories. She loves memories because they make her feel good. Oh, we have, sorry to interrupt you, we'll get back to that. We do have a caller on from Maryland Online, too. That's, fi that's fine, Omina. That's enough. That's fantastically okay. beautiful. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Are you there, Karen? 
I am. Hello, Mina. Hi. How are you? Can you? Good. I can hear you. I'm good. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Do you um, have a question? I'm. Yeah, I'm clearing an ancient darkness, which I don't know exactly what it it is because somebody else was working on it just last night. And I think I'm doing it safely and well and taking the right steps because I, I really do a lot of meditation and um, working on my pure connection to the light or God. And, um, for example, I was sitting outside and I was connecting to a former client today outside Whole Foods and it looked like the sky was falling and pieces of plastic were falling down next to me onto the sidewalk and almost hitting people. And I thought... I've got to be safe while I do this because I'm talking like I'm I'm actually helping somebody. I was just helping this former client it was a friend, and I thought, you know what? I I I would love to make sure I'm doing this correctly and safely. And I actually went into Whole Foods that night because nobody nobody noticed, and there was more pieces of plastic about ready to fall down on people. So I really had to work at you know getting um, a member of management to even notice, which, again, they're not doing anything about it tonight. I thought, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but, again, the sky is falling. Perhaps I just need a little more support. So what is your question, Karen? So, well, it has to do with safety. You know, for example, tomorrow I want to take the next step in the right direction, and I want to make sure... <laughs> You know, the sky isn't falling, and I can help, you know, like, I know that some clients will show up, or, you know, they haven't yet. Um, abundance is, is something I need to really work on. Um, you know, this person doesn't have money, but I, I know these people will begin to show up more and more. I had somebody call me last week scared because uh, um, she had somebody have a death threat on her from a psychic. And I thought, so people are beginning to connect with me. Her her, her problem is her husband is, is having psycho- psychological issues, and he was a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan, and then he saw the, Hood, the Fort Hood killings, and he's not okay, right. You're, and okay, okay, you're going off subject here, so I'm trying to get back to your question. Is your question about... So it has to do with people, people are beginning to call me with... You know, can you help me? And I'm thinking, well, I need help first to make sure I'm safe and, you know, connecting and clearing the dark. Okay. All right. Um, so what you, all right, Karen, what you have to do is you have to get focused and set an intention when somebody calls you, you have them, you have got to have them be short in their questions and you give them the answers. You have to stop them in the middle and give them the answers. The, um, the sky is falling is, is more symbolic than anything else. It's part of your fear. Okay? So I would suggest that you protect yourself very well and ask to remove the fear when you're going to work with somebody. So the ancient darkness has nothing to do with what I'm, what I'm doing when I'm talking or no, connecting no, no, to somebody. No, no. Your fear is bringing in that. Your fear okay. is I didn't think I, yeah, I didn't think I was scared at that moment, not until it started coming well, down. Well, it's, it's all fear. You don't have to be scared at the moment because it's 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 showing you on the outside what it is. You you see 
like the sky is falling, that represents your fear that it will bring down things, that'll stop you from doing what you're able to do. Okay. Okay. And I have another call. So say, okay. Okay. So just pr- just protect myself. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you very much for calling Thank in. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Anybody else got any questions on the panel? It's funny. When we ask questions of each other on the panel, it oftentimes asks, asks, answers questions for the audience. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about fear, how it is. Any d- doubt is fear. Anytime we doubt ourselves, that opens the door sure. to fear and it changes everything. Oh, yeah, there, there's all these different varieties of fear and uncertainty and, and just feeling a bit of trepidation about the next step in life. And that can, that can mean a lot, lot of different things. But if this woman, um, Karen, is sort of branching out and doing something new in her life, she will feel unsure at first. And that's just natural. Um, when I started doing channeling and whatnot, every, every new thing I started, whether it was doing meditation MP3s or uh, a radio show like this or videos or whatever, I was convinced I couldn't do it very well to begin with. And then you get used to it over time. Well, absolutely, because... When we're afraid or we think we can't do it, then that's our level of confidence because we don't trust enough. Yeah. And the thing about it is that go with your gut because it doesn't have to lie for one thing. And if you listen to that, instead of worrying about whether you're right or wrong, people won't tell you when you're right, but they sure will tell you when you're wrong. And then you can't pay any attention to it. Yes. Like you can't put any, you can't personalize it. You, you, again, it's learning the objectivity because things are much clearer when we're objective. Yeah. But that takes a bit of practice, but. Of um, course it does. Of course right. it does. But it's worth practicing. Oh, it most shortly is. Absolutely. It's worth practicing. And, and it's, I'll give you a little example. I was talking to somebody that was interviewing me the other day for something that may go on or may not go on in my life. I don't know. And asking me about my childhood, so to speak. And I said, well, you know, one of, one of my experiences was I kept telling my mother somebody in the family was going to die. And of yeah. course it was her. I didn't know it was her. Yeah. So the person says to me, well, you must have been terrified. I said, no, I wasn't terrified because I didn't know it was my mother. Yeah. And I didn't go around thinking, you know, who is it, who is it, who is it, who is it. I just drove my mother crazy about it. And, and of course, then I knew once, once what happened to her, when that happened, then I knew it was her. And I knew the exact minute her soul left her body. It was clear in my head where I was, what I was doing. When I knew that she had passed, I was 12 years old. And I just thought it was really interesting asking me, was I terrified? And I said, no, because I didn't know it was going to be my mother. If I'd known it was going to be my mother, I probably would have been terrified. But my mind never went to that terror to figure out who it was. And I'm grateful it didn't. 
it, you can apply the same principle to something that we're doing. If somebody asks us about somebody, if we're answering objectively, it leaves our feelings with our ego somewhere else. So it doesn't color anything that we might say or, or anything that somebody might need from us. It doesn't color it. It's just being, I don't know where I learned to be objective. I just know I did. So, yeah, we, again, if you're reacting as emotional, if you're responding, it's not. That's the difference between the two and totally different energies. So it's really good for anyone that's listening to practice that objectivity. Do not personalize. That, I think, is even harder to do than than uh, objectivity or subjectivity. Personalization of what people say, what they think of you, what they say about you. They're telling you all about themselves. Just think of it that way. If somebody's going on and on about, they're talking about them. They're not talking about you. Except that we think we're so important to talk about us, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> you know, so it's like, wait a minute. There's That's not who I am. Amazing, so, sorry. There's an amazing book called The Four Agreements. Yes. Uh, a brilliant fellow, Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe is how you say his name. And I think he's left the planet now, but he was just such a phenomenal spiritual teacher to millions of people. Yes. We do that book. And that's one of the four agreements is to not take anything personally. And I, I just think that's ingenious. Oh, These absolutely. Very, very simple ideas, but they're very empowering. Oh, absolutely. I used to do, I used to teach a course on impersonal spirituality. Oh, wow. And people used to go, what is that? Well, come sit and listen and let's have a chat and I'll tell you what it is. It's impersonal spirituality. It's a wonderful way to learn to live. You stay in your own spirituality and you don't personalize anything else. Whether it's religion, judgment, whatever it is, again, you learn everybody's on their own journey. That's impersonal spirituality where you don't interfere with their journey. You don't put your belief system on them. That's their journey. That's impersonal. And you would think that it would mean you don't care. Actually, no, it has nothing at all to do with it. It's more of an aspect of love. You love yourself enough. You love them enough to allow them their journey. And that's impersonal. That's impersonal spirituality to me. It goes too deep because I did a lot of examples with people and helping them be able to switch that part of their brain into a different way of thinking. And it also, they begin to own their own power because they have the power to be impersonal. I'm not knocking religion, but religion has an awful lot of judgments in it. I know that from childhood. I was going to, I was going to hell when I was seven years old, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> you know? Oh, my goodness. No, I, this is uh, exactly what we were mentioning earlier about just honoring someone's path, not trying yes. to walk before them. And what's interesting to me is that people will be so stuck in their opinions, which I understand. I've lived that way all these years. I've lived that way. I completely follow. But then they do this thing where they say, how come the archangels and the, and the good ETs don't swoop down and save us? 
and they get very upset that we haven't been saved. And I'm thinking, yeah, but meanwhile, you don't want anyone to do your thinking for you, and you don't want anyone to predetermine your life for you, but you want to be rescued. And there's a slight clash there. And, um, it, you know, it took me a while to... It's a con- exactly. It's a conflict. That's what it is. It's like, it's like the conflicts when I was growing up was, you're made in God's image, but don't dare you go act like him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. So it's the very same thing. I want you to tell me, but I don't want you to tell me what to do. It's the same thing. It, it creates that same conflict. Oh, I can't move without God. I can't move without praying. I can't do this without the judgment or whatever it is. And the truth is, that's what the gift of free will is all about. And then it's all about awareness. And you have to remember, going through the earth, you have all ages of soul development. Some soul that doesn't matter what you tell them. If it's an adolescent soul, they're not going to hear it for nothing. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, people have taught me this. (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay. so the best the web best way I come around that is I'm just giving you education. I'm not here to change your belief system. I'm here to challenge it. I have no investment in changing it. But there's nothing wrong with challenging it. Well, absolutely. And when you or I or anybody offers a new idea to someone, we'll say this is just something for you to mull over. Someone yes. to go into the mix. I'm not going to push it on you because they've already had doctrines pushed on them since they came out of the womb. Really, belief systems are things that we're taught. They're not intrinsic to our own wisdom. They're things right. we take one from without, which is what religion is. Right. And then we're taught a, a terror. If you don't believe it, you're going straight to hell, which is horrible manipulation psychologically and a form of terrorism. And uh, But people cling to it because it's they know it. You know, it's what they know. And you do well, have to be of a certain <laughs> development on the soul level, I think, to see through that. Well, Sister Mary Agnes used to always push everything on us. And if you were a poor kid, you were definitely going to hell. Oh my. If anyone was going to hell, she was going to hell. Yeah. Because of her attitude and her cane, which you could never slap me with because my hand was faster than her cane. Oh, I'm glad. It was. Oh, so it's like it's like now now when I look back on her, it's like well, you know, all of them, God bless them, they didn't know any different because it was just rote. It was all rote learning. They they couldn't even argue with a seven year old about going to hell when when I responded saying, Well, how can I burn how can I burn in hell when I'm already dead? Yes, excellent. Excellent. You know? And of course, you know, that's, that started the whole journey about the whole spiritual journey. And it took all the fear out of everything. But that's a very logical, concrete question for a seven-year-old to act. Yes. Because they don't have any imagination at that stage. At least I must not have had to ask that question. Um, and it was like she didn't know what to do with that because she was never thought beyond that. They were never thought. And the same with Mary Mary Magdalene. As soon as I heard her name, she resonated to me. She was my idol. She was everything. And I couldn't understand why were they saying what they were saying about her in the Bible. 
I wanted to know how did they know? Yeah. Very good. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, you know, I was seen as a little bit of a precocious troublemaker at that age. And I was. Well, did you have, let me quickly break in and say, did you ever have any experiences as a child of Yeshua or Mother Mary or Mary Magdalene? Coming oh my God, face? yes, yes. Did you see them or hear them? Or oh what? yeah, yeah. Before, when I was told I could not make my first communion because of, because I didn't believe in hell. And do you want to hear the story? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Well, I was super angry. Yeah. I went home from school. I went to my mother. I told her I wasn't going to make my first communion because I didn't believe in hell. And she said, and you can understand a woman with a house full of kids, she said, that's okay, you can make it next year. Well, that made me twice as angry because now I don't get to get all dressed up in the new clothes. That's the only time you had new clothes. Yeah. Or everybody else's otherwise. So I went to bed really, 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 really angry. And I just yelled and screamed, and God, how could he let this happen to a poor kid like me? Then I had a dream. I'm in the church, stuck behind the confessional box of the chubby little kid, and it was First Communion Day in the church. So everybody was all dressed up for First Communion except me. The organist is there playing the music. The flowers are there. Father Ryan was a big, tall, skinny man who walked around scrowling at everybody. And you could hear his beads in his pocket rattling when he got nervous. So anyway, all of a sudden, you have the church opening up at the top of the church, up at the altar, and down comes all these sunbeams, and down come in front of us Jesus Christ himself. Oh. And he doesn't look anything like what we saw in the pictures. He had on a very simple um, brown, light brown, cream colored, nothing on his feet, dark hair, dark skinned, not a whole lot of hair, no beard. And Father Ryan got really nervous, goes up to him and wondering, everybody in the church, you could have heard him in Rome, it was so quiet. Everybody's petrified. They're all going to hell, they think. And of course, I'm definitely convinced I'm going to hell because I didn't believe in it. And, and he, Father Ryan goes up to Jesus Christ and says, I want to know how can he help him. <laughs> and, it, and Jesus just put out his hands and he says, well, I'm here to see Phil Lynch. That was my childhood name. And Wait, I'm sorry. I'm here what? What was that? He says, I'm, I'm here to see Phil Lynch. That's me, my childhood oh. name. Oh, that was your your surname, your main name. Okay. Yeah. So Father Ryan said, well, she's not here because she's not making her first communion. And Jesus says she is here. She's down behind a confessional. I want you to go down and bring her up. <laughs> Father Ryan was furious. He marches down, grabs me by the hand, and I looked like a drowned rat. And my mother would kill me to go into the church like that, even though my mother never went into the church. But as kids, when we went, we had to be clean when we went. So yeah. he's dragging me up the up the aisle, and people are going, why would Jesus want to talk to her? All that what? went on. I get up to the top of the altar. I stand up. As I walk up the altar, everybody fades back. Now it's completely silent, and it's just Jesus Christ and me, and I'm absolutely sure I'm going to hell. 
until I got into the energy. Yeah. There's no words for the energy. And all he says to me, it doesn't matter if you make your first communion or not. He says, all you have to do is remember, I love you and nothing will ever happen to you. Wow. Then I woke up. Very disappointed that I woke up. Of course, what do you think this bratty seven-year-old does? Runs around telling everybody she doesn't have to make a first communion because Jesus <laughs> she doesn't have to make a first communion. So, of course, the nuns got a hold of it. So now we have two of the nuns, Father Ryan, interrogate me about all what went on. And I had to repeat the story several times. And then I went home and I went home and my mother said to me, Father Ryan was down in the house with her and that I was making my first communion. I said, oh, why? Because they thought you had a vision of Jesus Christ. I said, well, I saw him in my dreams. I didn't know what a vision was. And she said, well, that's what they call a vision. So I made my first communion with everybody else. Oh, my word. And I was never been the same since. Because now I absolutely have no fear whatsoever of any of them. Well, that, that was the, that's the first spiritual awakening for me. And that's really a very, very beautiful story. And I, I feel that it, that was not your subconscious. That was real. That, that was very beautiful. Oh, no, that was real. Oh, yeah, that was definitely, that was very, very real to me. Absolutely. But when you, as you told the story, the energy of that experience, the energy of Yeshua himself went out to everybody who heard it. Absolutely. They were happy with it or not. And that's why. That's what turned them to realize this wee girl ought to have her communion. Absolutely. Because it was like they were afraid. That's what they were. Yes. They felt the reality of it and the reality of the presence. Well, because I was just full of all this lovely, beautiful, wonderful, loving energy, even if I was a brat. (laughs) You know? I still had all that great energy still floating around. Aw. Oh, wonderful. So it's so, so that I've never, I haven't had any fear. So whatever people said to me, I didn't personalize it or take it. I would just tell them. Yeah. Which of course, you know, I did learn to use a lot of discernment as I grew. Before that, I was just like this wild child walking up to you and telling you something or even tell you that you're lying. I mean, that just. You know, after a while, you learn not to do that. Yeah, well, that would not make it popular. <laughs> well, especially when we ended up in the orphanage, and I'm telling the nuns. Oh. Then you learn. Then you learn. Uh oh, I better pull that one back. I better not say that or find a different oh, way to say it. That would be dangerous. Yes. Yes. Be well, yeah, because you get punished. Of course. And their punishments were just wretched in those days. Well, there were some, you know, some of the nuns were bullies and I did confront them. They were bullies. And and I get a certain tone to my voice that they back right up and then they stop bullying. Yeah. I, I asked to God, don't know where the courage comes from, but I'm grateful it's there. Oh, because you were shown the higher law at a very, very young age. That's the, the lowest sort of law is religious law that, says that it can regulate outer behavior and, and in that way affect yeah. or even save the soul, whereas the highest law is divine love. That is absolutely the highest. And so that's the authority you were speaking from. And they recognized it, thankfully. Oh, they yeah. were 
And then over the years, over the years, I've had lots of lots of dreams with Jesus in it, dancing with him, talking to him, (laughs) just moving with him. So you're still a wild child. That's good to know. Absolutely, I totally agree. The child in me is very much alive, and she keeps me happy. So that's a good thing. It doesn't. I don't get weighed down with things. She keeps me happy, and she sees the wonder in the world and in nature. And I'm always grateful for that. Well, well Omina, I was I was 11 when I took on the the, the religious um, authority, I suppose, but I didn't do it. Uh, to the church, I was raised obviously in a Protestant way, yeah. and uh, came home from church with the fat like the whole family had been taken to church this one day, and because I was <clears throat> still a child, quote unquote, I got invited to go or to go up to the front and listen to the minister's story to the children, and it was about Adam and Eve, yeah. and um, so on and so forth. And I went home that day, and I still remember going in the house and suddenly turning on my parents and saying, why are women always blamed for everything that goes wrong? (laughs) It's a question that's dogged me all my life, you know, but that was my, um, I don't know if you call that awakening or I just know that I was, and I don't even know where it came from. I was so angry. (laughs) Well, the most certainly is awareness and oftentimes they can come from past lives. But you also have to remember that one of the questions I always had that I still don't have an answer to is Adam and Eve were the first parents. They only had two sons. They killed each other. So where did the rest of us come from? Oh, yeah. I used to wonder that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that all the pictures of Adam and Eve have belly buttons on them. Exactly. Very strange. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way mankind can draw them because that's all they knew. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it's right. pretty – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember th- coming to the conclusion they must have had neighbors in some other part of the planet, and they met them. <laughs> <laughs> My, I came to the conclusion it's all one big lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. Caroline. Wow. Rama has something he wants to jump yeah, in and say. Yeah, there's a part of this story that's not brought in except uh, maybe on the TV show Ancient Aliens, but um, Adam had a first wife. Her name was Lilith, Lilith the, yeah. the Black Moon. They don't talk about Lilith. Eve was Adam's Second wife. wife. This has to do with the ancient story of Sumeria and Babylon. That's not discussed. Of course, I well believe that because you had the powers that be that wanted to control what we thought or what we knew or what we're going to know. And of course, it's it's all you thought. Don't you know that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it is time for us to wrap it up, unless somebody else has something else to say. So, just love to sit by here, your children here, and listen to your stories. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have loads of stories. Some of them you might not want to hear. Some of them you would want to hear. I definitely was a wild child. There's no doubt about it. But then I lived in a town where everybody took care of children. Everybody knew. Who Did you were. ever read that book where the wild things are? I think I read. I think I saw the movie. Oh. They made a movie out of it. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, yes, you're that kind of wild child. You just are. Well, that's good. I'm happy that good. I am because that's just my energy. And like I said, it allows me to be curious, to explore, and to enjoy. So it doesn't matter what age I am. I'll always be a kid. Yes. That's that child within us all. That's right. And we should let these children in us to go out and play. Yes. Yes. We would have less sickness, less depression, more joy. Yes. I I had parents that, well, my mother was German and she's, she always used to say, spare the rod, spoil the child. And I went, I don't think I subscribe to that one. <laughs> Me neither. No. no. You can never spoil children with love. You can never, that does... That does not happen. No. No. Teach them manners and you still love them. You don't need to beat them up for doing that. Nobody. Nobody. I know that I read a, there was a book. I can't remember the name of it anymore, but it was about the life of Jesus when he was a small child. And in the book, they said there was a, uh, that, that Jesus was about eight years old or something. And he was playing outside, you know, the house and uh, with his friends. And one of the kids was being kind of nasty and mean, you know. So what Jesus did is he just put his hand out and made the boy disappear. And Mary came out. Somebody ran in and said, Jesus, he made (laughs) this boy disappear. And Mary just came out and she said, she just said very kindly, okay, it's time to bring him back. Everything's going to be all right. And Jesus brought him back. Yeah, I have, I've heard that story, yes. No, yeah. that's a story I have never heard, so I'll have to check it out with him. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was a Ooh. good book. There was well, that's okay. Well, he was, he was, he definitely broke all the rules. There's no doubt about that. Good. Yeah, he broke the rules. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole thing about it is when they when they were going to uh, well, the Jerusalem for the census to be taken, it was only the males that went, and he would not go without his mother. He was 12 years old and would not go without his mother. He was supposed to go with Joseph, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't go without her. Only the males went, and she went with him. That's how she ended up there. That's how she ended up with the story. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Well, you could ask me anything about him because I was around there when he was around. So I have a great memory. Yes. Very long one. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. A very long one. Definitely. But we'll have to save that for another night. Because I could talk all night about him. (laughs) Yes. But it's time to get a rest, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Because now I have to calm down before I go to bed. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amina. You're very welcome. Thank you to all our listeners as well. Yes. So. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, thank everyone. you, everyone, for joining in on the panel for our caller. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, you Amina. Thank, thank you. you for a great evening, Amina.
It's time to go dancing. Yes. (laughs) I'll do that. And right now I'll do that in my dream. Okay. Can I ask just one more question? I I was going to ask it earlier and then I got absorbed in your story. Okay. Okay. Um, We're going back to the science about what's been in the jab and stuff. And also they've been saying that each uh, batch is different, you know, so that, um, um, so two, I guess it's two in one. Uh, so as you set your intention that it won't hurt you and it's for the highest good that you go ahead and do it. Yeah. Then energy follows thought, right? So then spirit would kindly arrange for you to get the batch that's not going to hurt you. Is that the way it goes? See, the, see, what you have to understand, spirit is not separate from us. We think it is, but it's not. When we're doing the spiritual work, we are the spirits. Mm. When we're walking and talking with the masters, I am a master walking and talking with the masters. Right. So when you have that energy, intention is everything. You can't have any doubt. Clear intention. Okay. The changes. We all have the power to change the contents that does not belong in the jab. The okay. jab is the so, jab is there to protect us to a degree. We do not have to buy into all the other stuff. We can change the composition for our bodies. What's going to mix best with our bodies? In other words, even though. Uh, the jab was intentionally meant to hurt people by the people who created it. Well, I don't know that. I can't address that. So I, that's not in my belief system because I don't know that. Okay. I can definitely ask so that question. Let me do it a different way. They have studied the science and the things that are in there are meant to not only hurt you, but destroy your entire immune system and kill you eventually over a couple of years. Okay, so I'm going to end the show with Nothing can happen to you without your permission. Okay. We give permission on a soul level. Yes. Remember that, everybody. Nothing can happen to you without your permission. So you can have a blanket thing. I'm given no permission to anybody to hurt me because I have no intention of hurting anybody else. You can say that to yourself every day. It works. Good night, everybody. Shall we have music? Music. 